Welcome to Make It Happen, a podcast for bloggers and creatives. You're listening to episode number 13. Welcome to the show, everyone. For today's episode of Make It Happen, I invited Jamie from over at Spruce Road, which is one of my favourite blogs at the moment, to come on the show and talk about her freelance journey so far. So Jamie is a graphic designer and we have both been running our businesses for a really similar amount of time. And in today's episode, we just have a really honest and human chat about the highs and the lows so far during our first year of running our businesses and kind of just what we've learned along the way. This is a really great episode for anyone who is also in their first year of running their business or maybe just about to take the leap into running their business. As in this episode, you're just going to hear Jamie and I talk about our journey so far while we're pretty much just figuring it out as we go. Let's jump in. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jen. Thanks for having me. I uh, know. I'm excited to have you on today. I don't know if you want to share who you are and your story and your journey so far and kind of a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I'm the graphic designer and blogger behind Spruce Road. So I work primarily with brand identities with um, small businesses in the creative industry and um, just opened up shop earlier this year. So January 2015, I feel like a newbie in the business world. I used to do in-house design primarily for about four years and then opened up earlier this year. And um, it's been a fun ride so far. One of the things I really wanted to, you mentioned it then actually how you left your your in-house job. And one of the blog posts that I really love from your website is a blog post about how the dream job wasn't actually the dream and I I thought it was such an interesting like journey that you'd had and a really interesting perspective and I don't know whether you want to catch everyone up listening about that part of your story and what you learned from that because I imagine a lot of people found themselves in a really similar situation. Yeah I think I posted that blog post around May like when people were graduating was kind of my thought of like you know let's hit them with this so they know like it's not always the dream. Um, but yeah, so just backing up in my story, uh, when I graduated school in um, 2010, got a degree in graphic design, I got a job at a church right out of school um, working. So it's in-house design. I was the only designer there. Um, I did also photography and web design. Um, so I got my hands on a lot of different types of projects. I did logos, event design, invitations, t-shirts, just a lot of different things. So it's really fun. Um, so I wasn't really looking for a job, but I also at the same time had my eye on what I call like my quote dream company, uh, which I feel like everybody has one, right? So mine was um, Fossil, which is, it's um, located in Dallas. It's it, that's where corporate is. And it's uh, like luxury apparel and handbags and watches. Yeah, we definitely have them in the UK. I've seen I've seen their shop. Oh, you have? Okay, good. Yeah, they they have like really quality good. And I think their tagline is modern vintage. So like speaks to me as a designer. It's like, that's my aesthetic that I wanted to do. So um, they have a, such a robust design team there of illustrators and everything. So that's where I wanted to eventually work, I thought. And um, so anyways, back to when I was working at the church, I saw a position for Fossil and just applied to it on a whim. And I don't even know if I told my husband. <laughs> we, we were in Austin, which Dallas is like, I don't know, four hours away. Um, and so I got an interview for two positions there. 
And um, they went really well, both of them. And Jen, it was like a dream. Like, if you walk into their office, it's, like, huge. And it's just light-filled and beautiful. Like, like I, out of Pinterest. Yes, yes. It was very, like, Pinterest. Like, someone's architecture board on Pinterest or something. Um, and I walked past, like, a few photo shoots. And I was just like, oh, pinch me. Like, this is so surreal. But um, the interviews went really well. But I found... Like, more about the position was just kind of be, like, a step backward as far as where I was in design, which is weird saying since it was, like, my first year out of college. But um, it would be, like, creating, like, production work, so designing web banners and then placing them on other websites. So not really exciting by any means. Yeah, not creatively charged or energizing. No, not at all. Um And so anyways, I thought, like, I asked them in the interview, you know, if I took this job, would there be room for growth, you know, in the design department and everything. But um, so I had to take a step back from that and kind of reevaluate and see, like, where I wanted to be from, like, five years or ten years from then. And um, if I saw myself at Fossil, because I'd have to take a step backward to, like, move forward within that company, if that makes sense. And um, I realized, like, no, I actually kind of want to do my own thing. And Fossil wouldn't give me the the best background for working one-on-one with clients and design. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a long story. <laughs> but No, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it was like a, a realization of, like, oh, I guess, like, the title says, it's like, oh, this dream job isn't always the dream, you know. My dream is a little different. And how long from that did it take you to then decide to go to start your own freelance business? So it took four years. So I, um, that was in 2010, or I guess that interview might have been maybe a year into that. So maybe three years from then. And I did end up working at a university doing in-house also, but I got to work one-on-one with clients and had a lot more creative direction. So that is really what prepared me the most, I feel like, for launching my own studios, I was confident in how to handle timelines and deadlines and, you know, all the stuff that comes with working with a client. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to run your own studio or was that something that kind of became clear to you over time? Oh, yeah. I, um, so in college, if you asked me that, I would say, heck no. Like, (laughs) so repulsed by the thought of owning my own studio, which is so funny because here I am. Um, but yeah, my, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. So I think I saw them growing up, like working 80 hours a week and they still do that. And was just like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, I want to work life balance. But then I realized like, you know, it doesn't have to be the same as how they have it. They like working hard. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, so yeah, it took a while for me to kind of come to terms with it's okay to do it. And it doesn't have to be in that same way that they've done it before, um, yeah, so yeah, it just took a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so you are six, seven months now into running your business. And it's really funny because I am too. We probably, I can imagine back in January, we were both probably in that similar situation where we were both as excited as we were scared. Yes. As hell. <laughs> so- <laughs> That's such a great way to phrase it. Yes. You know, it was it was lots of sleepless nights and lots of big dreaming is how I would how I would explain those early few first few months. And I guess you you shared a post a while back on was it the six biggest lessons you've learned in six months? Um, Oh, you know, that would have been a better title. No, I think it was was 
like seven or eight. I don't know. I yes, I got, yeah. But it was about some the, what you'd learned in your first six months of freelancing, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I did one after my first month and then six months. I'll do one after a year. Just kind of like to recap, you know. It might be a personal diary for myself, but I feel like it's useful for other people. Oh, definitely. I guess for people listening, especially for people who are either like, you know, maybe they're having that summer after graduation and they really want to go open their own design studio, or maybe they've just had a year at a job they hate and they're ready to go freelancing. If if they're thinking about heading into those first few moments, what are the, the biggest takeaways that you would kind of share with them? What, what works and didn't work for you? Oh, yeah, what worked, um, I would definitely recommend blogging, um, as probably you would as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just knowing your business. Um, yeah, blogging has worked for me. It's been like the best way, the best tool to find clients and or actually not find clients, but have them find me. Yeah, um, that's the trick. So, yeah, it is. That's like seems like semantics, but it's such a huge difference. If they find you, the working relationship is just so much better. It's like no revisions on proofs, like they totally respect your work, you know, <laughs> it's a dream, I'm telling you. Um, so yeah, I think blogging is the number one thing that's worked for me and being intentional about that and um, even like creating like really good post graphics for Pinterest that people can find you through there um, or content upgrades to get them in your newsletter. Let's see what else worked. Um I guess a community, like I found a lot of collaborations. I started like a webinar, monthly webinar series, and that's been really fun to collaborate with different people. And they've actually referred me to other clients and stuff. So that's worked as well. Uh, what about you, Jen? I'm curious. Um, blogging. So using my blog to, just like you, I, I don't look for clients. They I create content and they come to me through my blog. So that has been the hugest because if I didn't have clients, I wouldn't have I wouldn't be making an income. So blogging and more than blogging, actually just my online presence in general. So for example, this podcast, this podcast has been great for helping me reach new people and share more of myself with the newsletter marketing. But I, I feel like more than anything, it, what the biggest thing for me, what worked was just committing to doing the work. Oh yes, that's so true. Because if, I mean, I, it's when you're working from home and you haven't got, especially in the beginning when you haven't actually got any client work keeping you, your day structured, I find that, I found that I really had to wake up every day and do the work to get, to get what I wanted from my business. So yeah, I think doing the work, blogging, online presence, kind of always stepping it up as well, I feel is um, you can build an audience and you can build a community, but you kind of have to keep them on the toes a little bit. And if you do, if we end up doing the same thing for any for too many months, we can start to lose the momentum that we built in the first place. So I think I try every now and again to push myself out of my comfort zone a little bit more and try and do something a little bit bigger for me. And that, so that's helped. And I think um, also just learning the business side of things do you if, if you know what I mean yes yeah oh man so many good takeaways from there I definitely agree um especially like if you don't have clients which the first few months of any new business um I mean maybe you're lucky and you have just you're swimming in clients but most likely it's kind of you know the low period of your business so I think for me what's helped is like okay I really need to commit to doing something right like don't just sit on the couch and wait <laughs> like like blog intentionally or like create products or an e-course even if you don't launch it quite yet just like get the ball rolling on something 
Um, and also I like what you said about shaking it up. I've, I've learned that too. And I don't even think I was aware that I was doing that necessarily. Um, it was just like, oh, well, I'll try like this new Periscope thing, I guess. Yeah. Or I'll try webinars. Sure, I can do that. Like, I'm not introverted. No, I am. But <laughs> you just have to do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, like if you want, if you want results, we have to be willing to do everything it takes and then some to get those results and also when we said like in the beginning when you're first waiting for clients I think the secret there is to start looking for clients we start building your online presence to be ready for clients before you even launch your services if you have the opportunity to do that did you start the blog and your online presence when you started the business or did you have an online presence before then um so a little bit I would say I had a really really weak online presence um (laughs) (laughs) if that makes sense like I started the blog a good bit of time a few months before I actually launched but um I didn't know what I was doing I didn't care about attracting clients I didn't know I was gonna actually launch that early so I was just kind of like, uh, I guess I'll do a pattern design just because I want to and I'll post it on my blog. Like that's not really attracting any type of client. You know, it's just a creative outlet for me. So I definitely recommend, man, if you know you're going to launch anytime soon or if you have that itch to launch even a year or two years from now, like just get going on it. Definitely. I had I had been blogging for almost two years when I launched my coaching business. So I was really lucky that I already had that initial client base there kind of ready to go so I I look back and really feel grateful for how um I had my first client just within a few days really of launching my services and then obviously it took it took a few months for it to be to be a really consistent you know getting booked out in advance like that took a few months but I feel like it my path so far has gone quite smoothly because I prepared my audience beforehand and I push myself to keep moving forward with it and I guess I so that was how I kind of prepared for it and I'm curious how did you prepare for the leap into kind of running your own studio was there a lot of preparation behind the scenes before January that came in for you oh for sure um I would say like do you use Evernote Evernote's my best friend yes <laughs> that's like a sound bite we need to have because yeah. um, I live by that too so I have Evernote like, like crazy for the past four years. Um, when I graduated, I just started writing ideas in there and just like, I guess, saving articles from different blogs and just, you know, kind of building up what I wanted my brand to be and like what distinguished me from the rest of the people. And um, so, yeah, I think it's been working in that way, like brainstorming and get really excited about brainstorming. Me like, too. <laughs> goals. It's so nerdy. <laughs> But um, I really think that's crucial. You know, you can't just like leap into it and try to figure it out. I mean, you can, but um, I'm much more of a planner and I I like to kind of um, meticulously plan out like, okay, you know, five years from here, this is what I want it to look like. How can I get to that from from this point on? That sounds awesome. And that's how we... I really don't believe in wandering aimlessly. Like I know I'm the kind, I'm quite a scattered person. I'm a huge introvert, but I'm very scattered. Um, Anyone who knows me in real life will know that I will start a conversation then halfway through forget what I was talking about. (laughs) And just that saying, so so my dreams and my goals can remain quite fluid, if that makes sense. I, I, I guess for me and my business, I know what I want my life to look like. I know the lifestyle and how I want to live my life and who the kind of person I want to be and you know I I know that but I know I let my business dreams change as I do because I feel so different to who I even was six months ago so 
who so I get I like to plan ahead but I like to stay really fluid with my plans because so I could be feeling something and then six months later when I've put the work in I could I've I've had two digital products that I've worked on that just didn't come to life because I created them and then my gut was like no and I don't know if that is silly or not silly but I kind of (laughs) (laughs) I give myself permission to walk away from ideas when they don't when they no longer fit into my vision if that makes sense I've gone completely off on a tangent there which I told you I warned you all I'd do that but um, (laughs) no I'm the same way I mean I have so many things I've worked on behind the scenes no one knows except for probably my husband yeah and and it never comes to life and that's okay like I like what you said you give yourself permission um but yeah you kind of know your long-term lifestyle where you want to be and you can kind of get to it from there yeah and I also think a big part of it is I know who I want to be in business like I know what kind of business owner I want to be I know who I want to be for my clients and I know what energy I want to put out there with my business if that makes sense so I I really let that guide me if in decisions and it's funny how you mentioned your husband because with my boyfriend he'll sometimes ask me about a project and I'm like oh I gave up on that I I walked (laughs) I walked oh that that old thing oh I walked away from that but then sometimes I'll get an idea in the middle of the night and I'll just run with it and it'll have been launched within two weeks so yes yeah I've done that too that's my lunch and learn thing I was like okay that's a good idea I'm just gonna put it out there on the blog and then I'm just gonna do it yeah sometimes if you've got like that if you're motivated to do something I think the best thing to do is just to make space in your schedule and go ahead and do it that's what I've learned definitely and I think um because when when you started in January, when you when you when you took that leap, did you feel prepared or did you still feel anxious and nervous as to what was to come next? Um, OK, so I felt really prepared on the design sense, like I'm completely confident in working with clients and doing branding. Like I felt overly prepared in that sense, like I've put in the work. I know the processes. I'm completely confident in that. But then also like kind of self-aware like uh I don't know if I'm gonna get clients like how is this really gonna pan out like there's a lot of unknowns so there's anxiety in that but full confidence in the actual work I was doing so kind of a mix I guess of both that's the best kind of confidence to have though like the worst thing would be if you knew you're gonna get clients but you didn't know if you could deliver that to me would be much worse yeah that'd be scary no I would never put myself in that situation (laughs) too (laughs) nerve-wracking I think from the outside when we see people who are a few years into their business and it seems you know very settled very I think people it's really easy to forget what these first few months are like and I never want to forget because hopefully I can go back and listen to this podcast because I think it's such a great time to really discover our who who, our brand and who who we work best with because who I thought was my ideal client in January is so different to who I know to be my ideal client now have you found the same yes oh yeah definitely changing and like you think okay I want to launch something it's going to take me about three years and then turns out I'm like ah, no my audience is ready for it now I'm just gonna get going like why not just do this I had no idea I was gonna do any of the stuff I'm doing um I'm sure you didn't know you were gonna do a podcast or whatever other things you're offering like yeah I just think it it just kind of fluctuates it ebbs and flows and it's okay yeah (laughs) yeah I think the first I imagine this first I were both halfway through our first year now and it is looking so much better in so many ways like I was prepared I didn't I didn't really know how long it would take me you know to 
kind of make a full-time income for my business when I started and I thought it would take longer than it did so that was a nice surprise but I also thought that I'd find balance. I very foolishly thought oh I'm going to structure out my days and you know I'm going to find balance and I'm going to feel I've got it all down and I honestly can't remember the last time I saw some of my best friends like it probably was like a week ago but um it's the balance that I I mean we worry about not bringing the work in but then when we are bringing the work in it's like oh now my now I'm a crazy overworked business owner how do I have a life I think that's what I struggle with too sometimes yeah and that changes even for me like daily or weekly it's like okay, I have a gap in my schedule and then I'll get three inquiries the next day. It's like, oh shoot, like <laughs> that was just like my emotion roller coaster, you know? Uh, but yeah, it, it's fun though, I think. I, I really enjoy kind of like the nature of it being ebb and flow and it's not just this mundane, like same thing all the time. You know, it's, it's exciting to be able to grow your business and transition into different ways. I love that you said that. I've, I do think that it's a really exciting way to live in a lot of ways like I'm currently I'm building in a lot of systems in place that are going to give me a bit more stability just in terms of um, like I'm going to start paying myself a really the same wage every single month you know I'm going to start putting all these kind of systems in place just financially so I feel like I have that stability but on the other hand I love how exciting it is to make double some months and you expected to just because things went well and I also love how a quiet period forces us to work so hard and we sh- we show ourselves that we're capable of way more than we thought we were if that makes sense yes oh I love that yeah quiet period definitely I've experienced that and like I said like the first few months it's like you might not have as many clients or at least I didn't for starting out and so it's like all right let's get to work let's like surprise myself a month from now from what I've done you know definitely and I and I think like being really honest and saying like people we have quiet periods we also have completely dead periods when we start out and I because I I remember when I when I started I was like if I don't book so many clients within a certain amount of time, I am a failure. And that's what I felt. And then what I really learned was this is in a whole brand new process and a business is not made overnight. It's made over years and months of building up relationships and testimonials and results. And, you know, it's, it's letting it be okay if it takes time to get to where you want it to be. Yeah, I agree. I think even before this call started, we were talking about like sometimes you have your eye on someone to collaborate with in the future and it might not be for the next year, two years. It could be five years from now. But I feel like the same with my business. It's like, or your business too, you put yourself out there and someone is remembering you and like pocketing your name for later to invest in your services. They might not be ready now, but they might come back to you in a year. So it's kind of, it's a weird thing of like, okay, like a annual salary doesn't really make sense anymore. You know, it, it builds over time. And so it's just going to be inconsistent. And you have to embrace that and be okay with it. And I'm learning that there's things we can do to relieve the anxiety that comes with that. Like, for example, like, I I've been I, the, I've been really open about this on my blog so I live currently live I moved back home to live with my parents after I graduated and I currently have lived at home while I set up and run my business and I'm moving out in six weeks so wait when this goes up it'll be five weeks and I'm so excited my parents can't wait and <laughs> I and and I wouldn't have been able to do this without this roof, a roof over my head to be honest to you know to relieve my financial 
uh, stresses but so I'm in a really I feel really lucky right now that I'm in a position where I'm saving up so much money so that once I move out I have like quite a big like maybe even half a year's wages in the bank to pay myself in advance and that's how I'm trying to relieve the anxiety around money so I feel like I what I did a while a few weeks back is I looked at my business and I was like okay what's causing me the most anxiety and what systems can I build in place to relieve that so I can just get back to doing the work if that makes sense yeah and stop getting distracted by that for sure yeah so I, I guess for anyone listening who's in those first few months or year and you're starting to get more options and a bit more breathing room to play around with things I think if there's if there's a certain thing that's making you very anxious like for example if if lack of clients is giving you anxiety it's like or if kind of the way you're scheduling like your time is giving you anxiety don't just let it get you down like find a way to actually implement new systems and processes that are going to help you relieve that so you can get back to doing what you meant to do in the first place yeah I think so like looking at what other bloggers are doing and not letting that influence you like if they're offering certain services and you feel like oh I need to offer that package too like don't be stressed out by that. Like you can just offer what feels naturally to your business, you know? Definitely. I think that's actually a really tough, um, a tough part of when you're starting out is that all you know is what you see around you and you don't know. I think a secret, a trick when you're starting out is, is like, I know I fell into this, like all I knew when I started out was what existed before me. Whereas now I'm comfortable enough to be like, wait, what could exist that hasn't existed already in terms of packages and services? And I think um, sometimes shutting off all the noise and letting you make your decisions without outside influences is huge to build something that feels good to run every day. Yes, yeah, definitely agree with that. This is the most laid back low-key podcast I've ever done but it's great because hopefully for anyone out there right now who's in those early stages and is freaking out you can hear us and know that you're not alone (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're with you yeah and the next one of the things I really wanted to dig into today was kind of just our biggest struggles as freelancers during our first year of business and how we're overcoming them and I know we've already touched on this a little bit but I guess if you had to name, say, three of the biggest struggles so far, what would they be? Oh, um, yeah, we definitely touched on these, but consistent income is one. Um, Just knowing that it's not going to be like a paycheck. I was used to having that for four years, and now it's not like that. And actually, my husband is back in grad school right now, so we're missing his consistent paycheck too. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's been... It's been um, a day for us, you know, kind of dealing with that. But it's been fun also to just grow closer in our marriage through that struggle. That sounds awesome. No, I can, I, money, this, I'm going off on a complete tangent, but I think money makes or breaks a relationship in lots of ways in terms of if you can be a team. This is, uh, this is not a relationship podcast, but but learning to, um, because me and my boyfriend, we share all our finances and especially as a business owner and letting them in that side of things but um managing our finances together and really feeling like a team and just embracing this adventure of not knowing what I'm getting paid some months and him too because he's a freelancer alongside his day job is it's brought us closer instead of tearing us apart and I love that yeah definitely it's been a test but it, it's been really good I also say like whenever you travel with your yes <laughs> it's also like make or break you know um, so anyways it's brought us closer actually uh, the second thing I would say is like patience has been a struggle for me. Um, and maybe you've experienced this too. It's like patience and like attracting the right clients and then like building your newsletter list to X number or whatever. 
Um, yeah, so that's been a struggle is patience. And then also, um, like I mentioned before, like feeling like I need to follow a certain trajectory, like having client services for the first few years and then launch an ebook and then do an e-course and then do products, you know, like that's what other, everyone else does, it seems. But but why not like just do client services and then in my first year also do an e-course and then like a webinar series. Like that's okay. Just go for it. I um I shamelessly plug this every episode, but I have an email series called Be a Game Changer. And one of the things I talk about in it is called Carve Out Your Own Path. And I really believe that that's a mindset that holds so many of us back like oh well this is the way we have to do it so I have to keep myself small because I have to fit within the framework that already exists and that holds us back from doing amazing things I think along the way and I um I really agree with you it's kind of when we first start out it's already so scary so we have to keep ourselves within some boundaries unless we completely freak out and then once we start to find our feet it's like wait a minute I can I can launch a book. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, it's up to you. You don't have to follow a certain path. I love that you can carve out your own. How so? With those things that have kind of been a struggle for you along the way, what have been the? How have you? So, in terms of kind of patience, and how have you overcome that? Is is it just a shit a case of really saying to yourself, Jamie, chill out, you'll get there? Is that kind of? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a lot of self-talk, right? Like, or talking to my husband, too. It's like, uh, how am I going to do this? But I think, honestly, over time, that kind of wears down. And I say that as if I've had a business forever. It's only been, like, a half a year. But honestly, it has, like, um, attracting the right clients. Like, I am attracting the right clients now. And I'm learning to say no to those people who aren't the right clients. So I think it just kind of comes with time also, it's just feeling okay with that and kind of embracing it. And I'm like you, I'd like to listen to this podcast like a year from now and see like, oh, that was the silly insecurity to have. Like, <laughs> What we're going to do is we're going to record another one this time next year. Oh, yes, I love it. <laughs> with the same questions and we'll see where we're both up to. And I, and I, the one I love that you mentioned was the financial, like getting okay with the inconsistent income because a lot of people online talk about the great, you know, with their earnings and their and they when they've earned a lot, but none of us are ever going to write a blog post. Oh, the month when I earned less than I needed to pay my bills, <laughs> you know. Yes. Oh, I'd love to read that blog post. I'm I'm not confident enough to write it. <laughs> no, but I think it's it's a reality of this this journey. I mean, when I had to when I quit my day job and um, and I just had a really basic day job outside the university I was unwell and I had to quit my day job and me and Alex my boyfriend moved back home to my parents we had a few months living costs and savings and Alex had to scramble and find the day job and that's how we survived but by the time it came to launch my business we all them savings had gone and Alex was working and I, so I was kind of I didn't even have a huge financial cushion behind me and so I really noticed in the months when I wasn't earning much but putting all this work to earn the money so I think um and and managing that and and digging deep and doing the work that has allowed me to make a full-time income now um that was a journey that kind of felt lonely to go on because not a lot of people were talking about being in that journey too did you feel the same yeah yeah I've definitely learned it's just it's silly to be insecure about that too like life is just so much more than your consistent paycheck you know um, and it was also, it's just absurd because we had saved up a lot of money. So yeah, I, I assumed you had up to be in the situation you're in. Yeah. Like we're fine. Quit, you know, chill out. Like it's 
going to be okay. I don't know why you're freaking out just because your Excel sheet says something different than you wanted. Yeah. Oh, for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one with the Excel sheet every day filling it or every month filling it in. <laughs> yes. I'm like, um, ongoing projects and I'm like, dream projects. I want to book like X number more branding, you know, for the rest of the year. It's like, this is so silly. <laughs> To put my security in that is just absurd. <laughs> Life is way more than I always feel like money should enable us. It shouldn't be the thing. It's not the happiness tool. It's just a tool to enable us to. And a big thing I've learned is we can live with less than we think we need to live with if we need to. And that was a huge one that I learned in the beginning. And now that my business is allowing me to have more financial freedom, I'm finding that I that. I don't just want to blow it, if that makes sense. Like, I think having that time when you kind of have to be really sensible and frugal and things are tight really then enables you to be better with money once things are feeling better. Yeah, I, I've i always been frugal. So it's actually worked to my advantage in my business to be like, um, no, I'm not going to spin that. But at the same time, I'm actually less frugal with my business than I am in my personal life. Like, I, I think I believe in investments and I'm like, no, this is worth it. Like, but for my personal life, I'm like, no, I don't really need that dress. Like, I can't justify buying that right now. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast before, but I, in my late teens and very early 20s, I probably could be classed as having a shopping addiction. And I, <laughs> I got myself into a lot of debt like a, a number of amount of debt that I would not be willing to say on this podcast and I had a problem and I worked myself out of that debt but um yeah so that taught me I'm now the most frugal person you'll ever meet but if you met me four years ago you wouldn't understand the difference because you'd be like I was I had a shopping addiction so now definitely I'm the same as you the only area where I like to spend is on my business I get excited to spend on my business because it's like, I've worked hard for this, so I'm going to invest in new software or new tools or new equipment. Yeah, and it just makes sense sometimes. You're like, I'm spending too much time doing this, so I'm just going to get a software to make it easier on me, you know? Definitely, definitely. And, I, and I'm curious, what is something you thought would be hard, but wasn't as hard as you expected it to be? Is there anything that's like kind of fallen into place that you that you just were, thought would be harder than it was? You know what? It's That's funny you say that. I think one of the main things when I worked at a university or the church or wherever um, that was a struggle with the clients was endless revisions on things or um, it's just different when you work in a company and you have a set established like they have to come to me specifically to do this. Um, and so one thing that's been a pleasant surprise, I was hoping this would happen but um, working with clients that come to me that find me through Pinterest or my blog, wherever, um, it's just like such a dream to work with them. They, they respect me. They value my work. They're excited about the process. Um, I think that's been such a shock to me, but it's also really exciting each time I get a notification from a client that I send them, you know, the, the branding design, the first proof. And they're like, oh, I love it. Perfect. What's next? I love that. That's You know what? That's really funny that you said that because a lot of the work that I do with my clients and a lot of the conversations that I have with my clients is about how to use your online presence to actually make the client process with prospective clients easier. And the biggest part of that is building that trust so that pe people, the people who hire you are going to be the people who trust in your creative expertise. So they just let you do the work 
and they're not micromanaging you. You know, even a lot of my clients are wedding photographers or photographers and they would like to use their blogs to kind of attract clients who are going to be comfortable with them on the day and let them just do their creative magic instead of feeling like they can tell them what to do on the day, you know? And so I imagine for you, your blog has really allowed you to attract those clients who really trust in your creative expertise as a designer. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I think um, thinking back to my wedding too, it's like I chose a photographer I completely trusted. And I'm that way too. I find someone that I love their work and I'm like, just do it. Like you think, you think I'd be like more micromanaging since I'm like a designer and I have a certain aesthetic or whatever, but I find people that I love their work already and so my photographer, I just, I didn't even give her any direction. I was like, just, you know, do whatever. And then same thing with the flowers. I had no idea what the flowers were going to look like at my wedding. And <laughs> was just like, you know, yeah, I just trust you. <laughs> That's the secret there, though. Like, I feel like that, that is it. If you're blogging for business, if you're blogging to attract clients specifically, um, your blog is, an, is a tool to share your expertise but it's also a tool to build trust and it's a tool to make your life easier when you're actually working with those clients on projects. Yeah, it's so much easier. I mean, the first the first client I had with Spruce Road was just such a game changer for me. It was like, I cannot believe how easy this is. Surely she's the only one that's going to be like this. Nope, it's been like that pretty much since then, which is just awesome. Um, and it makes the whole experience so much more fun that they are excited about it too. Definitely. Yeah, we only want to work with people who are excited about working with us I guess because that makes it so much better for them and us and the results then whether it's them being really happy with their site and then getting the results out on the site or like with my clients you know building content and a website that actually helps them reach their goals um it's it's awesome when uh the online presence that we create enables that client relationship in the long run and I think um you've done an awesome job at that I I strive to try and do it every single day on my site and I think for anyone listening who's either struggling to book clients and even attract them in the first place or they're struggling to book clients that makes their job feel enjoyable and really they're you know looking on the internet trying to find a day job because their clients just driving them crazy (laughs) use your blog and your online presence and your website to kind of set the toe my my the way I describe it is um align your client experience with your reader experience I've got a post in drafts that may be live by the time this goes up but I really believe in creating an online experience that aligns with our client experience so it funnels in perfectly does that make sense yes oh I love that phrase I'm gonna pocket that I like that phrase a lot (laughs) that makes sense to me like for me as a coach I want people to feel how when they read my content how they'd feel when they were on a coaching session with me and I imagine for you you want them to have a visual experience on your blog that they'd have if web by working with you am I right there yeah oh definitely for sure we have dug into a load of good stuff today I think um I think you're a real testament to how blogging can kind of make a business if you know what I mean can kind of really really not just find clients and build an online presence but also to find clients that make your job really dreamy and really fun to do yeah definitely I wish I could have heard this podcast um in the past like a year ago would have been so nice to hear like oh your blog is worth it you know it's like it's actual like praise for it and like it seems like it's actually the work is going to pay off you know yeah and sometimes there's those first few months when it seems like no one's reading and no one cares and we you just have to stick at it for those listening who are like yeah but no one's reading and no one cares and no one's hiring me it's um 
we were there (laughs) yeah yeah look at your strategy and ask yourself are you just going through the motions are you actually intentionally and purposefully creating something that's going to help you get to where you want to be I think that is the most important thing and Jamie and I have tons and tons of content on our blog for free completely for free that shares everything that we've learned to help you do that so definitely I mean Jamie's blog is an awesome resource not just for designers like I I I really believe that your site is full of great stuff for designers but I think it's great for anyone who's online and also for people who want to have a great visual experience on their blog whatever their specialty oh well thank you for saying that no honestly I, I I mean every word and I know this has been so fun this has been a different kind of podcast but I love it it's really um it's really low key and it's really mellow and it's been it's been really human so I hope people listening can kind of feel like they've got two other people along the way in this journey with them and as we're wrapping up um if you for anyone listening right now Jamie who is working really hard and maybe they're in that you know let's think of the people six months and under in their business what would you say to them right now if they want to make big things happen online um, I say my biggest advice, I guess, from takeaway from this podcast would be start a blog, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to really even get even further in depth in that, like understand what I call like your brand vision. So like why you're getting started, how you want to help people. Um, that shift for me, even just in my blog, has made a huge difference. Rather than just blogging as a creative outlet or reaching out, you know, building an online presence just for myself. Um, and actually taking into consideration, like, what do people want to know? How can I help them? That has really shaped my business a lot. So that's what I would recommend for anybody just starting out uh, is to just really get to the heart of why you're getting started. And then also just, you know, get experience doing it. So if it's starting a blog, just just um, quit writing an Evernote and daydreaming about it and just actually hit publish, you know, like build a queue of a few blog posts and then actually hit publish and get started on it. Or if you're a designer, one thing I did was um, just personal projects. So create a a cookbook for yourself or, you know, if you want to get started in design, just actually start practicing it. I love that. I love that. And actually, um, for anyone who just likes pretty, like great things to look at, check out Jamie's site because, um not only is your site great but your portfolio your work is I just love it I really do love it so yeah definitely go over and check out what Jamie creates because I love it and I guess the last question is what are you making happen right now and how can we get involved and support you along the way in your journey oh thanks for asking um I'm working on an e-course right now so it's called shareworthy design And it's all about creating like beautiful graphic design images for your blog to drive traffic from Pinterest. So this is something I definitely believe in. I think I mentioned earlier, it's just how I get my clients is primarily from my blog, um, which gets transferred to Pinterest. So just creating like beautiful images that people are ready to click through and go to your site and sign up and you can start selling products or services. So it's kind of like a graphic design crash course, if you will. Um, It's like typography, illustration, pattern design, photography, color, everything. Um, So I'm really excited about it. I just started recording the lessons past few weeks. So um, it's going to be pretty robust and I think it'll be a good tool for people. That sounds awesome. It's coming out in October, is it? Yes, October. Okay, awesome. Well, everyone put that, put that, 
keep that in mind because it, it looks awesome and definitely head over to jamie's blog and check it out you've got an awesome lunch you've actually got a lunch and learn coming up on how to attract and book your ideal clients i do yeah that's what we talked yeah, about yeah and that sounds awesome so yeah definitely head over thank you so much jamie this has been this has been awesome i'm really happy that we managed to chat today it was great oh thank you so much jen and there we have it episode number 13 of the make it happen podcast as always you can catch all of the show notes over at jennyperr.co.uk slash podcast and you can also subscribe via itunes and leave the show a rating and a review if you enjoyed this episode thank you so much for listening today and look out for a brand new episode each and every thursday